Good afternoon and welcome to Lunchtime Series where we add value to people's lives happening every Thursday on ebizradio.com. You can catch the Lunchtime Series on all major podcast channels and in the marketing and leadership segment. Joining me as per usual, marketing communications expert and co-host Craig Pagely. How are you doing, Craig? Kevin, I'm great. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, we are. And we are now in the second half of 2022. Can you believe it? <laughs> officially, officially. Yeah, the second. Officially, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, and it's setting records. I'm like, I know that we, we discuss the weather every time and I'm kind of, I think it's, it's setting records for the coldest winter that we've ever had. I'm like, I don't, maybe it's just me, um, but it, it feels colder than it ever felt before. Yeah, I, it's ridiculous. I'm with you on that. I really am. But I actually can't believe that we're, we're genuinely into the latter half of the year now. It's just yeah. insane. And then tell me, how are you enjoying the benefits of your new wonderful power backup investment? <laughs> yeah, Craig, um, I must tell you, the it, it, brings a, it brings a smile, as you can see, on my face. Because... Uh, I was literally going last week. I was, I was, I was, I was having a bit of depression. I was like, I was running around here, plugging in stuff and running and pu putting the generator on and then running back upstairs. And uh, so I was like, I, did, I spent some money on this, this, this UPS and it's, um, uh, it's, it's just, it's working. Um, so I'm just happy that I, that I can actually do my work and get through it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we had, we had a good we also had a good weekend in sport if I don't if if I'm not if I'm not mistaken we did we had we had a great weekend in sport it might not have been well particularly from a rugby point of view it might not have been the most glorious game to watch because uh, it really started out with with the Springboks on the back foot for quite a duration of the game but absolutely incredible atmosphere to be in the stadium with fifty one thousand seven hundred folk first time of of the full you know capacity and and public participation in international in South Africa in the last two and a bit years but magnificent it really was and yeah. and a damn fine British Grand Prix as well not necessarily that you know my guy won but it's just a, a spectacular race in in all accounts yeah absolutely I mean we missed it we had some things we, we were taking care of but I, I I heard that it was a fantastic uh, uh, at least we won and uh, that's always a good thing <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I, I'm always like, I don't really support the rugby, uh, but when it's like Springbok rugby, and then and when when it's international, um, I'm 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 rearing to go and rearing to support. But also the tennis is in full blow, in you know full swing, and I'm kind of going, man, what hour can I just take off to go and sit and watch some tennis? Because I'm a big, I love the tennis, um, and I'm I'm curious to see because there's some new young sort of. Uh, kick-ass tennis stars like really really making name for themselves yeah. so I, I mean it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be in the final but i mean uh probably the the, the usual uh yeah, probably the usual novak yeah. Djokovic, and and the, the, the bunch nadal probably yeah but what's um, interesting on, on that point is it's it's generally only from the middle of the second week that i really lean into the tennis um mm. And and then you know then I am fixated as well. But those first, you know, first week and a bit when all the elimination is happening. Yes, sometimes the big brands, the big names, get booted out. But it's really into the mid of the second week that I lean in because then then the real action starts. What I like about it is watching the up and coming stars because you can actually start seeing who's really like pushes through and 
you know, gets to be, you know, in in the, in the couple of rounds, you know, moving towards the the, the second week of the tennis, because then you can really see, you know, how uh, it's that differentiate how the experts like really differentiate themselves from 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 the rest of the crowd, which is really amazing. Because then it's amazing tennis. Like every single shot is just amazing, and it's like wow, like that you didn't expect that and that and that. So, but, I mean, There's- yeah. There, there's there's definitely a, a host of youngsters coming through, but but what's great about what you've just said as well, Kevin, is if you look at Formula One, the number of youngsters that are really fighting out for respectable positions and points scoring in the sport, um, and you'll see next week in in in, in the Springbok team, there's a there's an entire change to the the team. The the squad was announced today. A lot of new youngsters coming to the fore again. So yeah, it's, it's it's good to see that that the games are bringing a next generation of sport too. Because considering it, you know, not not that we're on a sporting program, but <laughs> next year is is the Rugby World Cup, and we really have to ensure that we've got the depth, both from a physicality and and a capability point of view. Greg, so I mean, for today's show, what are the quick reminders that you can share with our listeners from last week's conversation? Great conversation. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. So I want to reference the report titled Shared Purpose, Strong Cultures are the Foundation of All Great Brands. As a reminder to to the chat last week, um, the Shared Purpose mini book was published by the Brand Culture Company in 2020 and contains the following belief. I'm going to quote this particular paragraph. It's got real, real value to it. So shared purpose must inform both the underlying strategy as well as the company's daily routines. This is achieved by aligning both the external, namely the brand, and the internal, namely the culture of a company around its shared purpose and drawing on six distinct levers to bring the cultural framework to life. And it's those six levers that I quickly want to reference as as the key takeaway. So they're noted as follows, Kevin. The first is leadership. It's about establishing priorities and inspiring employees to reach their highest potential. The second lever is about communications. And this is about disseminating compelling and clear information to attract customers, to galvanize organizational culture, and activate the brand. The third lever is symbolism. It's about developing significance in cultural hallmarks that serve as touchstones of the organization. The fourth being reward and recognition. I know we had a good chat on this. It's about catalyzing employee engagement and performance through incentives and public acknowledgement. The fifth is about environment, creating that physical space of an organization to harmonize the functional, emotional, and self-expressive needs of the employees. And finally, the sixth lever is structure. It's about establishing systems and processes that form the framework for how the organization pursues its shared purpose. And and it's it's great to see the word how there, because this definitely fits into Simon Sinek's um, model where, where the how is around structure, process, and systems. And those are yeah, the guys, reminder so- points. <clears throat> And, and if you have missed it, go, go and check it out on the YouTube channel. Uh, the Lunchtime Series, It's uh, we post every week and every every Thursday. You can catch us live on Eber's radio. Fantastic com- conversation we had. Craig, but I, I recall you said we we're going to discuss the topic of Cannes Lions today. And um, the, while I know what the Cannes Lions fil- Film Festival is, what is the difference between the two festivals? Yeah, yeah. Good, good question, Kevin. Cannes Lions, Cannes Festival... Uh, um, versus the Cannes Film Festival, very, very close, but but some significant difference. So let me quickly get some context in place here. So according to good old Wikipedia, 
Um, founded in 1946 and known as the International Film Festival until 20, at least 2003, the Cannes Film Festival is an annual film festival held in Cannes, France, which previews new films of all genres, including documentaries from around the world. And participation here is generally by invite only, and it's reserved to film industry professionals. And as you know, every year there's one hell of a fanfare relative to, to the International Film Festival or Cannes Festival. Cannes Lions International Festival on, 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 on the other side is, is the Festival of Creativity, which was actually inspired by the International Film Festival, when a group of worldwide cinema screen advertising contractors got together and they felt that the makers of advertising films also deserve to be recognized uh, for their efforts. And the, film, the first film festival took place in Venice with 187 film entries from 14 countries competing. Um, the Lion of Piazza's San Marco in Venice was the inspiration for the Lion Trophy. And the second film festival was held in Monte Carlo, then came back to Cannes in 1956. And after that, the festival took place alternatively between Cannes and, and Venice. Well, Craig, I mean, well, I didn't know that, that this was initiated this long ago. Believe me, Kevin, nor did I. Um, and particularly around the, the Cannes Lions International Festival of Creativity, launching some 68 years ago, you genuinely did not know that. I know for as long as I've been in the industry, it's been around, but I had absolutely no idea that uh, the, the brand's 68 years old. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty pretty old. <laughs> so what, what actually happens at the Cannes Lions International Festival of Creativity? Okay. okay, Kevin, a lot happens. Um, all the good things and some bad things, yes, as with the, any industry event. But but it includes the likes of activists using the platforms as a stage to get their messages across and uh, the anti-fossil fuel cause really being one of the the, the uh, um, causes that came to the fore this year. But we learned the, the following from a really great article published on, on the 22nd of June by Julia Wilkinson, who's a contributor in entrepreneur.com and she covers this this particular question of yours in, in explicit detail in the opening section of the thing, at least the article, which which is subtitled Everything You Need to Know About the Cannes Festival. So the last in-person festival, which we probably all expected would have been during COVID or pre-COVID era, so 2019. Um, the festival is attended by individuals from businesses, advertising, and marketing industries around the world. Um, it's a great, fun environment, great engagement with attendees, listening to various panels, discussions, workshops, and, and seminars, which are all led by, by industry experts. Um, and, and it's hosted across different locations, across the precinct with, within Cairns. Attendees compete for 28 different awards across the various disciplines of branded communication, including the likes of design, health and wellness, outdoor, publishing and pharma, and those just being a few of the categories. And Kevin, the highest accolade uh, is the Cairns Lions Grand Prix Award, which is the most prestigious award for any of the given categories. And the festival centers around councils for progress, which is a really good thing. And, and, and they're meant to drive purpose through creativity. And the councils for 2022 included the themes of sustainability, diversity, equity, and inclusion, talent, business transformation, and creative effectiveness. Now, interestingly, apart from creative effectiveness, we've covered every single one of the other topics on our various shows. So re really great to see that that's, that's forming the... The, the bedrock of creativity. Um, in essence, Cairns Lions really explores the value of creativity and branded communications 
from from a product and service development to the actual creative strategy execution and impact on the, on the marketplace, Kevin. Thanks, Greg. Yeah, I mean, that, that introduction um, to the Cannes Lions International Festival of Creativity actually is, um, I mean, it's a, great, it's a great introduction putting it out there for us. So thank you for that. Are there any highlights or standout facts that are worth mentioning considering that this is the first in-person event since 2019? Yeah, Kevin, uh, definitely. There, there's some key standout points. There's a couple of articles. The cans.com have got some really great points as well. But the first point I want to mention is is actually a direct quote from Cairns Lions, which states the following when addressing the, the, the festival and, and what the festival, and why, sorry, I should say the festival actually matters. So the definition of creativity is challenging all the time. It is no longer confined to the art of storytelling to create meaningful connections with consumers in this disruptive and disintermediated world. Communicators are presented with both immense challenges and mind-blowing opportunities. Cannes Lions is where you find the tools to win. Yeah, Kevin, when looking at some of the stats, um, the challenge was definitely on this year with many of the categories, noting a substantial increase in the number of entries. Um, and some of these insights are noted as follows. So there were... 24,464 entries from 87 countries competing in this, this year's festival. It was also the first year that the Cannes B2B Lion Award was included. And this, this is really great to see because B2B is, is seriously gaining ground as a specific focus of, of, of uh, effort within the agency world. There were 415 entries received in this B2B uh, space with representing 188 companies and 73 countries, substantial. Of the 415 entries, 269 were in the service category and 146 were in the product category. The creative effect in this line is the only global benchmark of measurable impact of creativity. And it actually saw an 83% increase year on year with over 250 entries from 30 countries in this category. The creative commerce lines saw 11% increase year on year with 374 entries from 37 countries. And at the end of the festival, Kevin, 826 lines were awarded to campaigns from 44 countries. And what's really great to see is, is Ogilvy, one of my favorite uh, agency groups, Ogilvy South Africa was the highest awarded South African agency, bringing home a plethora of gold, silver, and bronze lines, and uh, also seven other shortlist lines. Um, and most importantly, uh, South Africa had 12 jurors um, represented on, on the judging panel over the period in question. I've, I've lost your audio, Kevin. Oh, there, there we go. Sorry. So for, for a layman person like me who really you know, is not involved in this world. What is this giving me? So, you know, when I'm, when I'm winning one of these awards as, as an advertiser, as an agency, as a, um, what is that doing for me? Is it, is it creating credibility? Is it, is it putting me in the full foreground of saying, yeah, you should be working with me. What, what is, you know, winning an award like this do for you? Yeah, me? This, that's, that's a wonderful question, Kevin. So first and foremost, yes, you, you answered part of it yourself where it absolutely gives you credibility. So, so firstly, it's, it's, it's an opportunity for brands to work with creative agencies to really test the capability of understanding the end-to-end -end spectrum of 
developing a brand, developing the communications, getting consumer engagement, whether it's B2B or B2C, um, in, ensuring that there is brand take up, that the loyalty is in place, that the the product is 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 positioned correctly, and that the the communications are compelling, believable, sincere, honest, and and address certain themes that that really are measured and and i mentioned those early on you know the themes of sustainability diversity equity inclusion uh, talent business creative effectiveness all of those measures are critical in in delivering good communications that are good for the branding question that are good for the teams that work on it and are good for the agencies that that support it um yeah so an award one whether it's a, a gold aligned gold, silver or bronze, even a shortlist is a great acknowledgement for any agency individual working on a brand that is recognized at these ceremonies. And this being the epitome of creative effectiveness. So, I mean, you also earlier mentioned that the key themes are addressed at the Cannes Festival. What are the themes that, that you've come across? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Kevin. Um, purposefully mentioning themes because they 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 clear indicators of how the creativity is responding to particular trends, moves, and needs in 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 the marketplace. So there's great coverage on a number of themes emanating from the festivals, um, but one one particular uh, article stood out for me, Kevin. An article is titled Quick Take, The Ideas and Themes Driving Cannes Lions 2022. And it was published by Sam Piena Taylor, who's a walk reporter. Um, and walk, walk is a great source of information. I read uh, content from walk every day. Walk is the World Advertising Research Center, and they provide articles on advertising, marketing, brands, and campaigns. And, and they had a particularly uh, um, good presence and, and, and really present great commentary from, from Ken. So the quick take starts with the following statement, Kevin. The economic situation, the reaction of marketing, which ad companies are on the up, the new role of commerce, effectiveness, purpose, the cookie, and the metaverse. You know, the eight big ideas we saw emerging from the Cannes lines. So again, the platform is the ideal opportunity, at least the festival is the ideal opportunity to aggregate and get to understand what are the key drivers, both from a client point of view and how agencies are responding to it. So let's let's have a look at some of these big ideas or themes. So the first one was, was the threat of recession. So recession was a, a fairly sensitive topic in, in the various conversations and seminars, Kevin, fueled obviously by, by the Russian war in Ukraine. And interestingly, by 14 years of historically low interest rates in the USA, which means a very different response to, to marketing and messaging in, in that part of the world versus you know, Central Europe, where we've got the war impounding on, on us. In reality, we're operating in a very different environment that we used to with brand owners noting budgetary pressures while agencies insisted that the prevailing lessons of the pandemic remain. So brands still noting budgetary pressures um, and agencies grappling with how to adapt to and keep in place what they learned coming out of the pandemic. The solution was not to cut advertising spend or halt activities, something that we've, we've discussed at length on the show, but actually maintaining a presence in the market while adapting tactics to the situation. And again, that, that came out in, in our resilience conversation uh, two, three weeks ago, Kevin. Theme two was articulating 
brand effects beyond sales. So it seems that generally low unemployment rates in the developed market has resulted in somewhat of a struggle to retain and attract talent. And the importance of HR in this instance cannot be overemphasized because there's a big war on for talent now. Um, and what's, what's important here is that brands need to take a position ensure that they remain relevant to prospective employees. The third theme here is that new giants and next year's beaches. And, and, and the, the word beaches here relates to obviously the beach at Cairns, but, but each of the key brands sets up their own festival home on the beach where, where they can host clients, agencies, uh, deliver some of their keynote uh, addresses and things like that. But what was great to see here is, is Netflix co-CEO Ted Sarandos, um, he made his debut at the festival and, and he confirmed the, the whole conversation question around Netflix adapting, at least adopting an advertising strategy on the platform. Uh, the key question there, though, is, is what this will look like and actually who will be either the media partner or, or publishing partner to help the streaming service deliver this proposition. And, and there are definitely parallels here with the growing trust in that premium publisher space, which are deploying both subscription and advertising uh, strategies based on, on the high, based on the high quality content and the data available from the signed in engaged uh, paying users. So again, just getting straight to the end user, you know, eliminating the, the third party cookie uh, um, requirements. The, the fourth theme there was the festival of commerce and the creative implications. And yeah, commerce was, was very much an ever present theme with, with the debate on how much creativity and how much commerce will actually sit together. It's, it's you know, almost the, the, the brawn and the brain approach. Um, and to quote, to quote, all kinds of loop closing capabilities that Amazon and several other major retailers have pioneered stretch across the internet and beyond. And here, Kevin, the targeting measurements and the conversation capabilities of online advertising are actually starting to be applied to television, uh, which represents a really interesting creative challenge as, as teams are now starting to grapple with what creative works in that subset of media for that immediate conversation, because they've now really honed in to understand how to build engagement, traction with clients and get the conversion in place. But with this instantaneous expectation and adapting that into, into streaming TV proposition is, is really an interesting uh, proposition for, for the agency world. Craig, what it sounds like is is it's 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 a fantastic it's a, a fantastic platform for you to celebrate really good work, have a, a massive party and 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 invite everyone to come check your party and see who did the best job, right? <laughs> it's it's very much particularly for for the creative teams that work on some of this great work. It's it's very much around that, but but most importantly, yes, celebration is in place, acknowledgement. Um, and, and being able to leverage that for, for future client workers is, is always a, a key priority. But it's very much around the conversation, understanding where the industry's at, what are the key changes, you know, and, and what's going to drive the, the next immediate to medium term future of the industry. And, and for me, any of the festivals that I've attended to, whether it's the likes of the Cannes or Lurie's in South Africa, or even Marketing Week in the UK, the conversations open robust discussion and and that's really what draws us into to debate and discuss what is or isn't going to you know move the dial in in delivering great communications and campaigning 
And the fact that they're holding people responsible, Craig, I think that's also, you know, or, or at least, you know, are you accountable to sustainability and green, taking a greener approach? Do you do you work with brands that are, are you know, looking after the planet or are you still one of those agencies that, that sort of just by the buy on buy, just do, you know, just do it for the, for the money? Um, and I think that's what's beautiful because it's pushing the agenda as well and it's really keeping people accountable to the planet we live on. Accountability is, is a key priority of the festival, there's no, no doubt about it, across the spectrum of those measures, Kevin. But you, you talk about sustainability, so it's a perfect segue into uh, theme five here, which is actually decoupling of brand purpose and sustainability. Protests highlight the urgency of the problem. And and this this is really, you know, a, a conversation that they could spend an entire day talking about at Cairns. So the topic of sustainability took on a certain maturity this year. And rather than the rush towards pivoting a brand's purpose towards sustainability, sustainability is a broader, deeper topic um, that is better dealt with outside the individual brand's purpose. And that is absolutely true and on, on the money. The prevailing sense, though, is that, that across the festival, that sustainability is now a serious topic with organizations far beyond, within organizations, I should say, far beyond the marketing department. And, and that is vitally important. Yeah. The sixth theme here was the effectiveness award showcasing stunning work, but does it look like other advertising and and this this was quite a contentious point here regarding the risk of advertising just being seen as supply chain adaptation and not actual effectiveness driving the creative and i think this is a conversation that's going to hold its, its its ground for a while still um the author of this this particular article felt that if you can actually turn supply chain enhancement into marketing activity that in itself is is, is a pretty clever idea and and uh warrants the acknowledgements and award that comes with that. The seventh and, and the topic that, that obviously is going to prevail for a while still is, is the metaverse confusion grows alongside the hype. Whilst the belief is that there are currently few opportunities to bring in revenue from the metaverse activity, the future potential is obviously significant, Kevin. And a key, a key standout on this hot topic is, is that there are quite different views and understanding of, of the word metaverse. And, and the key difference being the, the crypto true believers on one end and the video gamers on, on the other end. Um, and, and then lastly, the eighth theme is underreported depreciation of the cookie. Um, Amazon had significant presence and, and they made a big announcement that they were supporting Trade Desk's Unified ID 2.0. And again, you know, for, for the listeners who don't know this, the Unified ID 2.0 or UID 2 is a non-proprietary open source framework, Kevin, that lets advertising, uh, advertisers, agencies, ad technology companies, and ad publishers sell advertising, selling advertising to actually interoperate together in advertising workflows without third-party cookies. And this is a space where, where you know, Netflix potentially has, has a huge opportunity to play, getting right up, up, up close and personal to the subscriber base. And Amazon gives serious credibility to the post-cookie solution, uh, placing UID2 in a position to become the default solution for many businesses that actually use the Amazon web service. And those are the eight big themes emanating from the Cairns Lions 2022, as represented by our WALK uh, reporter. 
Craig, I mean, a lot of it, the, you know, really just, uh, I don't, I don't understand and kind of like, it's like, it's you speaking like advertising world and marketing world. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> but, but what, what is interesting about it is, is it's, it's still, it just goes to show you, you know, the fact that they're taking metaverse, for example, into consideration um, and what could potentially be, or what could potentially come from that is again, bringing us back to that conversation on, um, those jobs that are still to be created that we're not even aware of uh, are still going to be happening that that come out of the future and the, the future of AI and how that influences how we work with AI. Um, it's fascinating to hear that, you know, it's, it's, it's being considered at that level. And, you know, there's, there's an, built, an awareness that's, that's created even with, with, with an award ceremony like this. It's great that you pick up on that, Kevin. Yeah, and you know, you talk about the the jobs that are still to be created. I think the the creative world, what including the likes of the, the technologies that support the creative world, is very much where the the beginning of some of those jobs are going to come from. And and again, the likes of just really, yeah, it is about performance marketing. It's about understanding creative effectiveness. And the cookie was a critical component of the measurability of success in that space for so many years. And with the protection of personal, uh, you know, personal protection of information coming about and, and the need to adjust to elimination of third-party cookies, the fact that the depreciation of the cookie is such a critical component in the conversation is is right. It needs to be there because measuring effectiveness comes about on understanding where to, how to, and who you're talking to. Well, and why I mentioned this is because I, I find I'm a complete TikToker. I absolutely love TikTok, and I follow an AI bot who has its own TikTok um, channel, and the AI bot looks like a human and speaks like a human and tells you that it's an AI bot that was created and it's going to find sources of information on how AI can support humans. And he has a great website to go to and then it tells you about stuff. Um, so, you know, it's already happening in real life. It's, it's really happening in real time, which is really cool. It's really, it's interesting to see that eventually we're going to be speaking to robots to the point we don't know it's a robot. <laughs> TikTok actually had an incredibly important uh, uh, part to play in, in Cannes uh, um, Festival this year as well. And, you know, the, we, we can focus an entire show just on, on the takeout and, 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 and insights gained from the TikTok point of view. But one of the, the really great things that I read is how TikTok is the enabler of understanding these micro communities. And that's where the brands really need to be focused to understand how in in that instance a micro community can be created and and how do you engage with that community and what is that communicating what what does that community want need and use it, it's it's phenomenal to you know there's always been a segmentation around personas but now when you get under the skin in 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 this real-time instant world of new communities being created at the push of a button another vitally important part for for the creative world to understand yeah, it's amazing. Craig, so uh, as we end uh, the, show, the show today, what can you share with us, uh, share with the listeners as key takeaway for the conversation? Yeah, Kevin, I want to pick up on on, on the notion of the themes. So in addition to the points discussed, uh, uh, as noted by Sam Penner Taylor from Walker, I want to close uh, by summarizing six key festival themes which were specifically published on 
canslions.com. And it's important to note these themes are not just once-off set of principles that disappear as the creative world actually prepares for next year's festival, Kevin. But they're indeed, for me, they become the bedrock of the minimum approach to performance and achievement in driving the respective brands that they represent to grow while achieving the high standards of, of creative excellence. And, and the six key themes are noted as follows. Again, you know, you'll, you'll, see, you'll see the themes coming to the fore as we've discussed them in our various shows. It pays to be green, theme number one. Agencies need to consider how brands can deliver on sustainability in a more authentic and impactful way. Theme number two is represent the underrepresented. And agencies need to improve the translation of diversity, equity, inclusion into their creative work. Theme number three, a renewal focus on talent. And agencies really need to understand and support the industry's ever-changing approach to serve the talent of tomorrow, which if you look at the previous point around equity, inclusion, and diversity as well. Point number four, at least theme number four is, is Ready Player Two. And here, agencies need to formulate this solution on how to balance big data, tech, and creativity. Theme number five is reframing creative effectiveness, ideas as investment, which is what they need to be. Agencies need to work with their clients in learning how to measure the value of creativity in a much more uh, effective and efficient way. And then the final theme coming from canslines.com site here is reimagine, reinvent, and rebuild it's time for a factory reset. So finally, and probably one of the most important points for me, Kevin, is, is that agencies need to define and implement how creativity can support large-scale business transformation, um, something that every brand is looking for. It's not just about a product. It's not just about an incremental move, but large business, large-scale business transformation. And those are the, the key themes uh, from, from canslines.com, but also the key takeaway points for our listeners today, Kevin. I, I love that reimagine, reinvent, and rebuild. I think it's uh, it's today. Today's the day, Craig. So uh, we're recording on what? What are we recording on? On the fifth of July, right? And uh, uh, this will go out this week. But uh, today is the day that that the the, the hedron collider, the 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 CERN's uh, collider, hedron collider is going to be at uh, uh, activated and oh wow <laughs> changed and reimagined and reinvented <laughs> and we're going to have some crazy mandela effects happening i'm sure so i'm uh, we should we should do a show about that craig <laughs> i think we should so, actually <laughs> on that on that note craig what are we what we're we going to have in, in in store for next week's conversation yeah kevin I, again i want to pick up on a conversation that we've actually not discussed before on the show and and that of the buying power of let's call it the silver economy which is the the fifty plus market, and and these, this this entire segment has been ignored about brands, ignored by brands all around the world. And just to set some context, here, Kevin, according to to the AARP report, the fifty plus cohorts in the USA alone is in excess of one hundred and seventeen million people, representing some thirty five percent of the population. And to cite just one example relative to this population. Um, they, they, and, and this is a bit of a taste of what we're going to discuss next week. The 50-plus crowd will spend an estimated $84 billion on tech products 
by 2030. Holy cow. <laughs> Definitely not a segment to ignore. <laughs> exactly. Well, good. I'm, I'm looking forward to that conversation. That's going to be interesting. Craig, thank you so much. Guys, if you want to catch the lunchtime shares, it happens every uh, every other week on Ebers Radio or every other day at least. And uh, the, the marketing leadership segment happens every Thursday at 12 on ebersradio.com. Catch us live next week uh, and we'll chat to you soon. Thanks, Craig. Thank you, Kevin. Look forward to next week. 